I've fallen, and I can't get up! We have watched, unguided. We have helped them progress, and seen them accomplish wonders. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Until now. Welcome to the Sunday Movie Marathon. I'm Max. I'm Chris. I'm Darcy. And this is The Eternals, a, a race of immortal <laughs> beings who started a podcast. And this is episode 55. <laughs> yeah. Sounding more defeated than ever. It's so true. I feel like every episode that goes on, we just sound more and more dead. <laughs> it's been a week. It has been a week. It has been a week. Every yeah. Every day this week, my manager has come into the little i don't even know what i want to call it the little work area i'm in and goes oh what a day every day the little door the last two weeks yeah yeah (laughs) working hard are we darcy yes please i am actually (laughs) normally i'd say no but this week i've been doing everything under the sun yeah I've I'm just exhausted. It's been like I've had like multiple like nights where I've just woken up like every few hours. So I'm like running on little sleep. Yesterday I called in sick to work because I was just so like just shattered. I was like feeling really nauseous and disoriented. And today I powered through, but I'm at the end of the day and just am knackered. I'm so glad I'm not in tomorrow. I actually think yeah. that I wouldn't survive. I'm excited to. Sleep in a little bit tomorrow, go to a gig, and then go into work the next day on little sleep again. Oh, don't forget yeah. the house view in though. Sorry to burst your bubble, man. We're going to Brighton, and every every time we go to like a gig outside of our immediate vicinity, it's such a massive chore for me. To be honest, Brighton is a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah, because yeah, you can't. There's no like trains back. There's no coaches mm-hmm. or anything. You have to stay there all night. Otherwise, yeah. you can't go to the gig. Southampton nearly has that problem, but not quite. At least Southampton, there's like trains like until like 20 past 11 or something. Yeah, if you, if you like leave during the encore, you would be okay. But Brighton's yeah. just, uh, it's basically a no-go. Like um, me and Hate are going to... Um, go back to Brighton in I think it's I want to say April or something and after that I'm not going to Brighton again I'm not doing it I refuse yeah, we also are going in April oh fuck well okay after April <laughs> then collectively I won't be going ever again it's too much work isn't it it's it too is much it's just not worth it I don't think I want to go to a gig ever yeah. again honestly but we've got like because it's like <laughs> every, ever after Covid like everyone's putting on gigs so, like I have to go because I've missed them so much but then I just slowly realised that I actually haven't missed them that much. <laughs> yeah. I have. I've just realised that I'm getting too old for them. Like, I'm just so tired. I yeah. can't. The issue I'm having <sighs> is that, like, public transport's now, sh- like, even worse than it was before. It like, was terrible. The timetables of, like, every single train, like, every single place, the train's now, like, stop an hour or two earlier than they did before mm. so like there's no way of getting home from like london anymore there's no way of getting home from a brighton gig See, unless you leave like <laughs> at the beginning of the when the yeah. band is on like the only thing that i enjoy 
about going to London is that I know I can get back fine because my so my obviously my parents living just outside of London there is 24 hour trains pretty much so there I never have a problem getting back but I do have to go back there that's the problem if I don't then I am fucked yeah that's why I was all right um getting a ticket to see Charlie XCX um next summer because it's at Ali Pali although it's like in the middle of nowhere at least I can go back and stay your parents house that is true just try to get off at the right stop this time my mum was so stressed out oh, when yeah. you did that the last time yeah a couple of years ago <laughs> i went to see vampire weekend at ali pali um and i was so exhausted on the train back i wasn't really paying attention and i looked up and realized i'd missed the stop i had to get off at so i had to get a taxi to a different stop so i could actually get back yeah my mum was so stressed out she was like, he's on his own, out in London. It's the dark. It's London. I was like, oh, mum. Mm. Even if you miss like the last train in Southampton, because we live in Portsmouth, it's like the next big city over. But like, even if you miss a train in Southampton, you're essentially fucked. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is what I mean. Like, This is one of the reasons why I just, I really need to fucking learn to drive and quickly. Yeah, of course you can get a taxi if you have to, but it is a lot of money. It is. It's almost. Is to be honest, but by the time you pay the taxi out, you're almost more likely to just get a hotel and just cut your losses. Yeah, almost. Yeah, maybe not quite, but it's to not be honest, as bad if yeah. you have like a few people and you're splitting it yeah, between yeah. them. But it's still not great. Yeah, I'd rather not. But then you're just at will to the taxi men who are like. Well, what are you gonna do? Walk home? And I'm like, uh, yeah. I guess not. I remember <laughs> I'll give you the um, money. previously with Brighton, the there was a train at half eleven that went to Chichester. That was where it finished. You could get a taxi back from that there, and it was like a thirty forty pound taxi. Fuck that! But if you were with someone, at least you could split it, and it'd end up being cheaper than getting a hotel. Because I, I did so that a couple times. How much would it be? to get back from Southampton in a taxi because I feel like it's about the same price then you may as well just not get the train and just (laughs) get the taxi cut your time as well that's fucking stupid what the fuck I feel if you're desperate enough to get a taxi back home and it's going to cost you that much money you're not really going to care about the money (laughs) I was just thinking that like everyone's been in that situation where they've just wanted a taxi or a lift so badly that they just don't care how much it cost. I've done it before. Yeah, because you want just you just want to get home. Yeah, home like it, like <laughs> if if you you just gonna, yeah you're just gonna do it, isn't you? Like it's it's a no brainer, really. You'd rather be alive and I guess slightly poorer than stay out in the in the streets all night, well, especially in the winter and the autumn. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking colder. freezing as well. Mm. World is a scary place. I'd want to be outside true, in it. True. Just. Um, when it's light and maybe if I actually know what I'm doing <laughs> but like going to Brighton that's like scary for me because it's like a foreign land like, <laughs> Brighton's not so there. bad the only good thing I would say about like staying out in Brighton all night is that if you had to stay out all night you probably could because there are places for you to go you easily can and like, yeah. like most of the clubs are open until like 6 or yeah, 7 yeah that's what I mean morning. like you could if you had to but I don't think anyone would actually actively yeah. choose to do that because I did it ages ago like a couple of years ago where I I went out um, for someone's birthday and I didn't have anywhere to stay so I was just like yeah I'll just stay out I'll get the first train home in the morning and there was like a 
just a 24-hour Burger King there. So I went in, got food, was just walking around Brighton in the morning, just waiting for my train. Yeah, it's it's doable. It's just, I don't think it's ideal. No. Maybe not worth it. No. I did no. suggest that because uh, Chris and I go into a gig as we're speaking tomorrow night. Um, I was just like, well, you could just hit the clubs until the early hours of the morning, get a train back at like six or seven. But I don't know. It's I thought the first not. train was at like five. Yeah. I mean, Chris if has I, work, yeah, if I wasn't working, then I'd consider <laughs> oh, yeah. it. But no, I kind of work, though, because it's, it's a long yeah. time. It is a long time. It, it is. is. It's what? So a gig ends at About half, half 10, 10 11, and then you're out for like another seven hours or so. Just, Fuck that. What can you do? Just getting <laughs> drunk and eating burgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. As if you're not already exhausted enough, Chris, could you imagine? <laughs> Playing havoc on your digestive system. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. So, Chris, you saw some movies. We go yeah, let's talk about some movies. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, um, like I said yesterday I called in sick to work. I was basically just in bed all day. And I thought Mm. I'll use this time to watch a couple movies that I really want to watch that I know Darcy probably has no interest in at all. Um, True. The first film I watched, um, I'm not going to talk about these much, just bring them up briefly just because I thought I, I've seen and might as well talk about them. The first film I watched um, was the new um, documentary about the Velvet Underground directed by Todd Haynes. It's on Apple TV+, Plus, um, which I have at the moment because... Um, Curry is like if you subscribe to their newsletter, you get like four months free or something. Oh, Apple right. TV Plus. Um, oh, fair play. <laughs> the experience watching it on there was far more positive when I than when I previously had it. There's still nothing on the platform at all, but the player actually works now. It doesn't kick you out every ten minutes like it previously did. Oh, that sounds um, terrible. Yeah, I know. It made Wolf Walkers <laughs> and like everything I watched previously just like a slog to get through. Um, but yeah, this new documentary is really interesting. I think if you're a fan of Velvet Underground, it's pretty much essential viewing. The obviously like really strange experimental rock band from the '60s, like one of the most fascinating bands in history. I think, and I think the documentary does a really good job of displaying that. Um, it's it's interesting how they did it because there's like very very little like footage of them performing live but there's loads of like art house like recordings and stuff because they were friends with like Andy Warhol and they like pretty much lived at the factory for years and they like big in the New York art scene so there's like loads of just like weird avant-garde footage of the band um that they splice all throughout the film there's um Obviously, interviews with all the surviving members, loads of like archival audio interviews of um, Lou Reed and Sterling Morrison, um, both whom aren't alive anymore. Um, the only problem I had with the movie is that even though it's two hours long, I actually think it's too short because I feel like there's like some really important stuff that they kind of gloss over. So much of the movie is like dedicated to them like starting up and like the history of like their first album that they don't really go into much about the later stuff. Um, they don't even bring up the fact that the band got back together in the 90s at all um they just kind of it just kind of ends once the band break up there's like a little like um 
here's what they went on to do section like mm. during the credits but that's about it um so i would have probably liked maybe a little bit more about that what they went on to do maybe a little bit more information throughout but otherwise i thought it was a really interesting documentary and i definitely think if you're a fan of um, lou reed or velvet underground it's definitely worth watching i guess i give it like a eight out of ten mm-hmm. so it's an interesting one cool it's one that i wouldn't recommend if you've not listened to the velvet underground because you it's definitely one where your enjoyment is based entirely around whether you like the band or not don't think you'd enjoy it if you didn't like the band yeah being honest i've I mean, not even about, heard of them yeah i mean <laughs> i thought that was I quite thought you were a, talking a about given some to be sort honest a luxury tube a luxury tube nah. i mean i've actually not listened to them but i really like lou reed yeah if you like lou reed you'll probably like him yeah their last album, Loaded, is like very, very similar to Lou Reed's solo stuff, but the majority of their other stuff's really avant-garde and strange. Like they've got an album called White, White Light, White Heat, which is like even too far for me. It's just so like loud and discordant. Is it like Captain Beefheart levels of just weird? Um, it's not as like crazy as that, but it's just really like heavily distorted and loud, and it's just <laughs> kind of painful to listen to. Oh, okay. But, I mean, yeah. I don't appreciate that kind of thing because obviously, like my sensories, it's just not. I'm not about that. Yeah, there's a song I can't remember what it's called, but it's like 20 minutes long at the end, and it's literally just noise. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, do that. I, yeah, I might listen to it. That not, not to that, but I might listen to them. Yeah, I think you'd really like Loaded. That's a great album. Yeah. Might give them I a listen. I do love a bit Lou Reed, me. Yeah. And the other film I watched was the new Halloween movie, <laughs> Halloween Kills. Um, it's, um, obviously, they're doing like a, a tr- trilogy of new Halloween movies. Started off in 2018 with Halloween, um, because I guess they couldn't think of a title. So they just stole one that already existed. And I enjoyed that movie. It was, it's not great, but it was a lot of fun. I thought it breathed a bit of life into the franchise. And it was interesting to see them trying really hard to kind of update this like 40 year old series. Um, They definitely made it feel very, very modern. It's very violent and gory and over the top, but it was entertaining. And with the new one, Halloween Kills, they decided that um, instead of um, making a film with a proper plot and like proper three-act structure, they just um, just put a bunch of kills together in a film, occasionally <laughs> have some other characters doing stuff. Um, it's a very, very loose plot in the film where it's literally just um, the townspeople decide they want to kill Michael Myers. And every <laughs> once in a while... It will cut back to them, like plotting together, saying, "Let's fight him. Let's find where he is." <laughs> and no, no, just cut to like these these two random characters you've never seen before, just like conversing and eventually being brutally murdered by Michael Myers. That's so shit. It is really, really silly. It's so, so stupid. It's not a good movie at all. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed it. Because it was just so stupid and ridiculous. The kills were a lot of fun. There's like multiple kills in the film that are just, just they go way too far. Like 
there's a kill one of the first kills in the film michael um he kills someone picks their body up and puts it on the countertop um in a kitchen and he just grabs every single knife that's just there and just stabs the corpse with it like after they're dead he just like grabs a knife stabs it into him turns around grabs another knife and stabs it into him he does it about 10 times what a hero it's just so (laughs) ridiculous at that Um, point you're just decorating right what do you mean they, yeah. they went after him? Isn't he supposed to be like this unkillable man who's like yeah. maybe not even a man? I've only seen the first Halloween movie, John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, there's like a line in that that says, you can't kill the boogeyman. Boy, the townspeople think they can kill this guy who can't be killed? Apparently yeah. so. You guys don't care about spoilers, do you? Oh, absolutely no, not. No, I mean... Okay, so <laughs> the townspeople all team up, including... Um, Tommy something I can't remember his name but he's the little boy that um, Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting he's now played by Anthony Michael Head he's now all grown up and um, he's like the leader of the townspeople who like trying to revolt against him they work out that Michael for some reason keeps going back to the house where he grew up in so they find him there and they just start just beating the shit out of him. They start stabbing him, kicking him, like hitting him with baseball bats. And like, he's like fully on the floor. Like, and you're thinking, oh, he's, he's down. And then suddenly he just gets up and brutally kills every single one of the townspeople. Then he, um, he kills Judy Greer's character. Cause she's like one of the main characters in this, these movies. And then the film just ends. There's no like, it doesn't really build up to anything. There's no like proper like third act or anything. The film just suddenly ends. Like he kills Judy Greer and then it just comes up with the title card. How lazy. And I was like so confused. I was like, surely there's should be like another like ten minutes or something, like wrapping up something, but it's just so sudden. Because obviously, like I said, it's a trilogy. They're making another one next year. Right. And that and would just... make how many of these fucking movies? 20? Um, next year's um, Halloween Ends, they're calling it, will be the 13th film in the series. Oh, for God's sake. It's just not necessary. It's just absolutely unnecessary. Yeah. No, because it makes loads of money. Max, that's your answer to everything. But it does. That is money. the only reason. That's why I they're know, making them. I like, know. You say they, there's no point in making them. There is, because it's, it's financial gain, right? I'm not seeing these movies, but... I mean, that's why they're being made. Otherwise, why would they make yeah. them if they weren't making any money? The big studio movies. It's pitiful. They only needed to make one. I feel like the first one kind of... <laughs> Was it it all tells the story it needs to tell. Like, mm. it's the ending, it ends on a cliffhanger, but it makes sense that it ends on a cliffhanger with, like, Michael just suddenly disappearing from the ground. It's, like, it's kind of eerie because you're like, oh, he's, he's still out there. He could strike again. There's um, kind of something creepy about the just the unstoppableness and the like the mystery of maybe he'll carry on, but then when they carry it on and do like un like and then like never ending amount of sequels to just kind of build on it, it just it gets very tiresome very quickly, yeah, even the second film's very tiresome I mean, I have no problem with people making sequels, but i just I just feel like thirteen is just. Too bloody many films. Yeah, I've seen them all, and pretty much all of them are shit. 
I, I, I don't even know if I'm even going to bother watching it, to be honest. No. It's just, it's a bit like, you know when you want to watch a TV show, but there's too many episodes and too many seasons? It gives me that kind of vibe, but all of it's terrible and not worth wasting my time on. Yeah, it's just, you can tell that no one in who made these movies really care. Um <laughs> Except for these two most recent movies, those I feel like the director does actually care about the franchise and actually wants to do something new with it. But I still don't think he's doing anything fresh or original. Who's directing the decent slasher movies? You know, Um, David Gordon Green, I think his name is. He directed um, Pineapple Express. David Gordon Green. Um, he directed a bunch of like comedies and stuff. Oh, okay. I swear to God, I've it's co-written by Danny McBride as well. I've heard uh, of that name. Is he the guy that did? Is a Prince Avalanche? Actor. Yeah, yeah, that was all right. It was a oh, far no. cry from the Halloween movies. Yeah, I know. It's like the most different thing in his filmography. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it's good. But yeah, Halloween Kills. It's um dumb fun. Dumb fun. If you. Want to just watch a a man in a William Shatner mask brutally um, slitting people's throats and stabbing them? Then this is the movie for you. If you want something with a bit more substance, then this is definitely not a movie for you. In terms of enjoyment, I'd give it like a a six out of ten. But if I was to actually be like fully like critical and give it like a proper rating, I'd give it like a three or a four. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> Yeah, I, sure. I don't really care for like the slashes of those like the twentieth yeah. century. So like I don't. Really... Yeah, you'd hate it, Max. Yeah, I'm not really about them bringing them all back. They exist in a time capsule sort of way, which I'm fine with. But but don't bring them back, mm. even though you're doing it. <laughs> I suppose they'll do it with all of them. We'll get a new Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, they've tried to do it with all of them, haven't they? Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those. I don't think there's a place yeah, for them the, anymore. Unless you do something. The only reason we don't have Yeah, the only reason we haven't had a new Friday the Thirteenth in so long is because there's a lot of issues in terms of the the rights of the character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Once that's all solved, then there'll definitely be like ten more sequels. See, I feel like I'm. I'm hoping this doesn't happen, but with them bringing back Halloween, and obviously they're gonna. Bring out the new Scream film. I I do yeah, hope that it doesn't Candy come Man back this year. Also, yeah, I'm hoping the slashers don't. I mean, I like them to an extent, but they do get really predictable. Well, they're they're also just lumped in with like the age we're living in, right? The age of nostalgia. So I guess you know you bring everything back. No, no holding back on anything. Just bring everything back. Yeah. Then what? Like, what are we gonna? What am I gonna be nostalgic for? What I'm. You know, fifty or sixty, like nothing, because <laughs> it was all just like reruns, essentially. Yeah, I feel like it's. I feel like we've only got a few more years of like the nostalgia sort of thing until we just run out of things to be have milked. No, I don't know. <laughs> I think oh, they can no. milk a lot of stuff. We'll have you know all the Marvel movies. Like I'd like to be nostalgic for the Marvel movies. When I'm older, but they'll keep going on. So, just, that's that's out of the window. <laughs> yeah, like Stars, if they brought back nah. Stuart Little. 
But I mean, I don't know how many like more franchises and stuff um, there are that haven't already been like r- brought back. Like you got Ghostbusters coming back for a second time soon. You got mm. obviously the Star Wars happened and that's already <laughs> died. Yeah, they'll find something. Well, they had to. St- you got Indiana that new- Jones is coming. Yeah, oh, Indiana yeah. Jones is coming. You got that new Game of Thrones show coming out. What next year? House of the Dragon. Sorry, what? You got like a bunch of shows yeah. coming out based on books or ideas that George R. R. Martin had. So, 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 sorry, I would just like to go back to the uh, Game of Thrones thing. Yes, you what? not know no, there's what, a new Game what, of Thrones show. Yeah. No, there's a new Game of Thrones show about about what the so Targaryens. There's a prequel show. Oh, that's sick. I mean, cautiously optimistic, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, like I mean. um... I watched how many seasons of that show just for it to end terribly. Couldn't even think of a good adjective, so terribly is the only one I've got. You can only hope they learn from their mistakes, though. <laughs> I'm hoping so. We watched Should another we, movie. Uh, watched another movie uh, the other day. It was called The Card Counter. Um, so we went, oh. we went to the cinema to see this. <laughs> yeah. What did you? What did you think I was going to talk about? Something else there, Darcy? No, do you want? But I, it's because I brought it up earlier and then I completely forgot about it. And I was about to say, "Oh, should we start talking about the TV show?" And then just remembered no. that the card counter. We got was a one thing. more thing yeah. before the show. <laughs> to be fair, I keep forgetting the card counter exists. The card right. counter is a movie directed <laughs> by movie. Paul Schrader, and it came out this year, and we all went to see it. So it's about a man played by Oscar Isaac and he's he's a guy who's he's a gambler and he knows the cards he's a card counter he knows everything about the cards spend his entire life in um in in the 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 casinos winning lots of money he was also a former serviceman who who like brutally tortured a bunch of people we learn um and he meets this guy and the the kid who is played by some dude um, Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. Yep. Ty Sheridan's like. I love that. Some dudes. Bro, uh, I know what you did, and something about my father did it too. Like he also was he tortured some people, uh, and now we gotta get Willem Dafoe, who was the guy who made it all happen. Are you with me, or are you not with me? And then Oscar Isaac says, "I like you, kid." You're coming with me, and we're gonna go to the casinos together, and that's um, that's it. That's the movie. That's what happens in the movie. Um, that, that that's is what the movie's about. Uh, yeah, that is all in all, pretty much the whole plot, isn't it? What do we think? Um, I feel like this should be quite an interesting conversation because not only have I forgotten like quite a lot of it, but I feel like this was one of the films where normally we walk out and we sort of just talk about like whether it was good or bad, but like this one, we all just kind of went, um, huh. To know, <laughs> we got out, we were like, huh? Okay, and then we all left without really saying anything. Yeah, like yeah. no, no one conversed any like actual interest apart from Kai. He was yeah, the only one. We who saw said a anything. friend of the podcast, Kai, who loved it. <laughs> yeah. Thought it was better than First Reformed. Yeah, he's wrong. Um, I'm not getting into that because I haven't seen it yet. That is but... not wrong. Um, Darcy <laughs> fell asleep. So she has no real grounds to say much of anything about this movie. No. Well, other than what she saw of it, I suppose. I watched most of it. Apparently, I think I'm doing it again. Um, all in all, I probably missed about 10 minutes of the film, I think. I could crucial, be wrong. Crucial 10 minutes. 
But it w- it was literally the most crucial ten minutes. Well, apart from the end, I, I woke up just um, in time for that. I also felt like falling asleep multiple times because I-, I thought this a lot of this film was really boring. Mm-hmm. Well, I I I would have gone with boring, but um, I think it was just the fact that, and this is going to sound really bad, but we've watched a lot of films recently. And I've obviously I only just started this new job and things, and I'm just exhausted all the time. And there's just stuff about this film that just went. Do you know what? You could just go to bed, and it's okay. We'll look after you. It's fine. And I just fell asleep. Yeah, I feel like Paul Schrader, as both a writer and a director, he um his films are never like super fast paced like action movies. They're always like slow building, like character dramas, like. Mm. First Reform's definitely that. It's a very, very slow, moody character piece. Um, even like stuff like Taxi Driver or Last Temptation of Christ, both of which he wrote and obviously Martin Scorsese. Taxi Driver directed. is amazing as well. They're like they're both quite quite slow character pieces that slowly build up into something more. But with this, it just never really It doesn't arrive it didn't anywhere, really does go it? Yeah. anywhere. And then it just suddenly like f- like flew forward into something different like in the last like fifteen, twenty minutes. It like just seemed so sudden this switch. Like it it felt like I don't know, like normally with this sort of film, like I think about First Reformed where that's a film where the character like slowly starts to question his faith and slowly start to go insane. So, same with like taxi driver. So it like felt like the last act was kind of like it felt like it was actually properly be- built up to, and it felt warranted. Whereas this, it it doesn't really seem like he's building up to anything. It's just a collection of scenes when, and then suddenly, like the character just snaps, and it's just very strange. Hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because I found it to be very consistent within its own uh, tone, I suppose, and. With the structure it was employing, it was always on a path, and I don't think it really deviated from that path. It's like well, uh, uh, this kid he wants to kill Willem Dafoe because he did some shit, and then he's just been taken around casino to casino, is um trying to earn some money, I guess, or just like trying to play slots or whatever. It, uh, and that's not exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to kill Willem Dafoe. So as soon as he gets given, okay, um, we'll we'll take spoilers right now and I'll but before that I'll give my general thoughts I liked it I think it's a pretty good movie I don't think it's as good as First Reform Paul Schrader's previous movie um, but I do think it maintains a consistent tone sometimes I felt like it could be uh, perhaps thematically a bit too bleak and I don't like how it played with its score its musical score in kind of attaining no. this bleak tone that was kind of just forcing it down your throat. Like, yeah, this is a sad movie. This is um, this is some shit going on. Don't you understand <laughs> the, how awful all these events are? I'm like, yes, I understand it. You don't need to employ these slow, moody songs to further push this relentlessly dour theme of just, like, torment and torture and, like, mm-hmm. uh, past uh, trauma and repression. Um, I feel... Uh, mostly in terms of negative criticisms, I found it very unrelatable. You know, the story is, it's well told, but it's not something that I can really 
latch onto and attach myself to because it's just well yeah you know, i don't think we tortured people for don't information will <laughs> and that's a bit too broad for me i don't really latch onto that kind of thing i'm not really i've n- never tortured anyone i don't understand the processes that go through these people's minds i don't understand what kind of inner turmoil is going on within oscar isaac's character i just didn't really connect to it but i will say that um i found it to be pretty enjoyable for the most part although i can't really remember it much now because we saw it like a week ago i can't remember much of it so now we'll go into spoilers (laughs) oh okay go ahead um so chris kind of said that it, it it jumped forward a bit but i think this is when i think you're talking about like when the kid died ty sheridan just dies and he's going after. No, I was I was talking more about the scene before that where he um like he snaps and like basically he like throws all that money on the ground. He's like, you need to go see your mum. The bit where Darcy fell asleep, where he like just <laughs> threatens him in the room, and like it's they set it up as if he's like about to murder him. Yeah, like for me that kind of seemed like very sudden, and then after that it kind of the tone was very consistent with that sort of scene whereas for me previously it didn't really feel like they were building to that sort of thing see now as someone who fell asleep during that moment in time i'm only going to comment on what i have seen but i agree with both of you i feel like it was consistent it actually made sense it was a path that it stayed on it it made sense but it also kind of like i don't know like the ending sort of lackluster for a bit for me but i don't know whether this scene that i had missed had um changed anyone's views i assume it's only changed chris's what did you think max i felt it was a long time coming when he finally does kind of snap and give ty sheridan all that money they basically interrogates him i felt like this idea of playing casinos over and over again was a way to take himself away from a life that he was ashamed of um because he did torture a bunch of people um so this is kind of like an escape he basically lives in casinos. He doesn't have a permanent uh, place of residency. It's like he's on the run almost. Um, mm. So I didn't. I felt like the the tone throughout was kind of hinting at this inner turmoil within Oscar Isaac's character that sort of bubbled to the surface. And he did kind of snap and go, "Here's some money. If I can't do anything right by myself, I'm going to try to make this kid's life a, a bit better and put him on the straight and narrow." But Ty Sheridan does not do this. <laughs> And he takes the money and he gets a gun and he um he goes and he tries to kill Willem Dafoe's character, who uh was this man who uh made his father torture a bunch of people and that had a knock on effect to him when he was growing up. Um where his dad just beat him and his mother. Um so I guess he hates Willem Dafoe because of that. Um I just found it to be pretty consistent all throughout. That being said, I didn't feel surprised at any point. And I never had my expectations subverted, and I think that's a that's a big no. problem. But I have with the movie as well, where it doesn't really feel like it, it. I don't know, doesn't go anywhere, but it's pretty like fine as to where it goes. It's like okay, and now we're doing this, and I was never like, whoa, really? That's crazy. It's not. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I didn't. I also didn't really find any of the characters that interesting apart from Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that he is a great actor and I think he um, delivered a really great performance in the film. But all the side characters, I didn't really care at all about them. 
Yeah, do you know what's yeah. really weird? Like, um, I really wanted to see this film, but I didn't really know what to expect going into it. I don't know whether because you guys like know films better than me, maybe. Um, I don't know whether you had like a certain um I don't know, uh a certain story or something to expect or like a certain level of quality film or something. I just didn't know what to expect. I just kinda of went into it thinking, okay, this is a film with Oscar Isaacs in it and I like him and it's about cards. Cool. Yeah, I had the like, same I, I didn't of, know what I went to in think. Kind of thinking that same exact thing. Um except I knew I didn't really know what the plot was, even though I'd seen yeah. trailers for it. So I was kind of just um hoping for something interesting based on the fact that it was um, mm. Oscar Isaac and Paul Schrader, who I, I've not really seen like so much from. I've seen Taxi Driver, and I really loved uh, First Reformed, so I was kind of expecting you know something, and I did get something. Um, it, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it kind of, it's got its tone, and I think a lot of people are not going to gel with that specific tone, because it is quite bleak. And the ending was so stupid to me that I almost <laughs> I almost laughed when it ended. It's like he goes back to prison because he was in prison. And he's like, oh. and here in prison, I can practice my cards. And then like his girlfriend comes to visit him in the prison and they touch fingers through the glass and then it ends. Great. <laughs> uh, what am I supposed to get out of that? They're yeah. so stupid. It's such a stupid ending. And I was kind of wrestling with it. I'm like, is this the type of ending where, okay, I didn't really like First Reformed's ending, which is kind of similar in, in a sense that it kind of leaves it up to you to interpret what's going on. But as I've grown to uh, kind of appreciate that, or like it doesn't piss me off as much as it did when I first saw it, because I was very mad at First Reformed when it ended the first time I saw it. With this, I I have only grown more sour with it because I just feel like it was a way to end the movie and then not much else. And there's not much more to read into. Yeah. Yeah. I also, there's obviously, there's like a relationship in the film between um, Oscar Isaac's character and um, Tiffany Haddish's character, Lalinda. And there is no chemistry there at all. Yeah, how did that there's even happen? Not, they like have nothing like there at all. They have the least believable relationship I've ever seen. And like pretty much every scene where um, it's just him and um, Ty Sheridan, they're just hanging out and they're talking about her. Like it's just always like they're just saying, "Oh, I like her," and the other one's like, "Yeah, I like her too." There's like at least three or four scenes where it's like that exact conversation. Do you know what? The sad part is, it's like, um, I saw it coming, but I also didn't feel any build up to it. It was just like, oh, I'm going to hold your hand now. Cool. We're together, I guess. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there's like multiple bits where it, like you can tell that like the script is calling for them to like basically be flirting. But Is that flirting? That's to be fair, not what the actors are doing. <laughs> Um, I feel like this whole thing was written for someone who never met a human being in their life. Yeah, that's another <laughs> big issue I have in the movie. Paul Schrader is a great writer, but he does not show that here because the dialogue in this film is fucking atrocious. <laughs> it's literally like someone has never, like someone wrote this who had never actually spoken to another person before. Yeah. And. <sighs> I honestly like didn't really 
care to notice that kind of thing. But like, yeah, now you mention it. Yeah, and afterwards you mentioned it. I, w- I was like, actually, yes. This is exactly <laughs> what is happening in this movie. <laughs> Nobody's talking as though they're actually real human beings talking to one another. It's, it's like Paul Schrader imagines this is how people talk. Or like he locked himself in a room for a, a little while and forgot how to interact with people as he wrote the script. I'm blanking on a lot of the dialogue, though, because I don't think it's very memorable. And it's no. No. sadly, it's a criticism I have of the movie overall. No. There's bits I do really like in the movie. I don't completely hate it. I did actually enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favourite bits, I think, is when it goes to um, this like torture camp um that Oscar Isaac and Willem Dafoe work at and anytime they like cut to that it's like a it's like they've filmed using like a panorama like panorama sort of camera and then they've like squished it all into the frame yeah it kind of looks like and a weird looks, fish eye thing isn't it yeah it's like really really disorienting anytime they cut to these sequences there's like really loud aggressive metal music playing as well and those scenes I thought were really really like eerie and disturbing See, even it, though they're not showing loads I thought those bits were just really effective see the whole thing I was thinking about was um when they were playing like the heavy metal loud music um, I know you guys haven't seen Ozark but there's actually like an episode in Ozark where um, the main character gets like kidnapped by like this European like mob or something and they literally lock him in a room and play like heavy metal music and it was literally just like that just remind me of that whole like show. I like that a lot. It was very oppressive, very um, intrusive on the senses. It's quite a mm. lot to take in, but I think that's kind of the vibe you go for when you torture people. Um, I don't know that I really connected to the torture being done, though. As Chris said, well, you don't see a lot of it, but also <laughs> I don't care about these people who are being tortured. I don't know mm-hmm. who they are, and I barely know who... Oscar Isaac's character is. Um, he doesn't really give much away in terms of like who he was beforehand, I suppose. Um, and it's just overall not a character I really connect to as much as I enjoyed the performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I is, completely agree. Yeah, that's, that's one thing about this film is that it is 0% relatable. There is... Who in the world is going to relate to this? I mean, there will be people in this world who probably relate to it, but... I don't think any of us sitting there <laughs> were going to relate to anything I, that was happening. I don't have a problem with not relating to it as long as I find the characters like interesting to watch. They're not, though. But this was yeah, just... I don't think they're interesting. I mean, I wish they kind of delved out. Um, I don't even know Oscar Isaac's name in the fucking film. What was his name? I don't know. See, does anyone remember? Fuck, does anyone remember? Um, William Tell. There we go. Will. Poor Will, right? I wish they kind of fleshed out his character a little bit because I feel like, I don't know, maybe some backstory on, yeah. or maybe some even, like some even, uh, like a deeper dive into the emotional aspects of him because he's not very like, I don't know, it just seems very closed off. Like, it was just like, yeah, he's a hard nut because he's been in prison and he's tortured people, mm-hmm. but we're not going to delve into any of the psychological damages or anything. I appreciate <laughs> just, okay. the, like, the, the mystery to his character but I do agree with you Darcy where I feel this is going for kind of a character piece but it, the character we're supposed to be latching onto is very you know his, I don't know much about him at all and they never mm. really care enough to reveal so much about him other than the fact that he tortured people and he plays can't yeah it's just 
okay. Like, I mean, I don't really have a problem with, you know, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just like, um, it's just a shame because I felt like they could have done so much more with it, but they just kind of didn't. They really underutilised Willem Dafoe as well. He's such a fantastic yes. actor. Yes, what a great actor. He didn't get to do much. <laughs> I found quite a shame. I swear, like a how long was he in it in total? Oh, I don't know, five minutes in total. There was Literally. Like, <laughs> uh, like a torture scene in the movie where Oscar Isaac goes to Willem Dafoe's house and he tortures him or like they torture each other and you don't see it, but I found that to be very effective. It's just like the, it, it takes place over a night and they show this with like a time lapse of just like, all you, all you hear is just like the sounds of them groaning and in pain. I found that to be very effective, but at the same time, I don't know. It's that's just kind of how it ends. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really good as well. Should we get on to ratings? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was going to say I don't have anything else to add. Oh, that's okay. Um. Yeah. Um. <laughs> as much as I shout on the movie, I did like it. I don't think it's an amazing movie. Um. I think it's got a lot of massive flaws, but I think. It's worth watching, if only for um, Oscar Isaac's performance, because he's one of the great actors working today, mm-hmm. and he's really good in the movie. Um, I guess I give it like six out of ten. It's nowhere near as good as First Reformed, um, but it's far better than the other Paul Schrader directed movie I've seen, um, Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist, which I've... is absolute <laughs> dog shit. I thought you said the minion, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, the, the minion." minion. <laughs> no, he made a f- he made a film. It was a prequel to The Exorcist called Dominion, oh. prequel to The Exorcist, okay. Dominion, okay. and yeah, um, yeah I and it was like the minion. That's exactly. <laughs> it was received really badly by test audiences, so they um got a different director to basically make the same movie again. Um, and then that film flopped, and because the studio were like, "Yeah, fuck it, we've got this film already made. Let's just throw this out." Fucking hell! <laughs> and that also flopped. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. It's better than that. It is. Um. It's better than a lot of movies. I actually really like this movie. I just wish it had done more with its premise and it had established uh, a lighter tone almost because it it doesn't need to be this bleak. It doesn't. Um, And I just didn't care about really any of the characters besides Oscar Isaacs. Um, I don't know if I would recommend it because it's it's not really for everyone at all. Um, Or do you want to have like a bad time just watching people getting tortured and like just in a turmoil with characters you can't connect to I don't know I found it interesting I suppose but I understand why that wouldn't be for everyone I'll I'll, I mean I don't really want to see it ever again but I'll just give like a (laughs) 7 out of 10 honestly because it's it was decent I enjoyed it but I will never see it again Yeah, I was telling Chris, I think I was telling Chris after we left, I was like, oh, the premise of this film was so good, but it just didn't um, go as far as I would have thought it would have gone, if that makes sense. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to rate this film for various reasons, mostly because I missed crucial parts of the movie. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, like the acting was good. And like, yeah, like I said, the premise was great. And I feel like it had a lot more potential, but it didn't really shine. But I mean, if you're, I guess if you're into that sort of moody, torture, gambling kind of thing, then you'd love it, <laughs> I suppose. 
Awesome. We're getting into the show now. We've been teasing it for Bloody 10 episodes. Fuck. The Fall, season one. Uh, who wants to describe what this is about, the first season? Do you want to do it, Darcy? You've not described anything today. Do us a little um, description. I would have to... Oh, I mean, I was going to get it up, but I don't think I'm going to. Um, I just need to know what year it came out. 2012, wasn't it? 2013. See, I don't know anything about this. No, um... So it is a BBC show called The Fall. Um, I believe it's actually um, set in Ireland. It is. I don't know yeah, if it's, it's actually... Dublin, isn't it? Yeah, I don't Belfast. know if it's an Irish show or it's just set in Ireland with Irish actors. I don't know. No. But um, it's a, basically a psychological thriller about um, a, a serial killer and the uh, basically the hunt for him, I suppose. Um, I would go into a bit more than that, but I feel like we're, we're only going to break this show down. So we're just going to go with police people in Ireland are looking for serial killer killing women. Let's go. Yeah. So there's like, <laughs> there's basically two main characters. One of them's the serial killer. The other one's the head female um, police officer trying to track him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by <sighs> sexy Jamie Dornan. Ooh. Ooh. I thought you were going to say sexy Gillian Anderson. She is also a very attractive lady. Yeah, a lot of attractive people in there this is. show. This show is just full of beautiful people. And a lot of them used to be in Hollyoaks. Yeah, when we were watching the show, every <laughs> once in a while, especially during the first episode, pretty much every single scene, Darcy would be like, oh, that person was in Hollyoaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my... um. If I ever go on... um. What's that a show where you go on sit in that chair and you have to be like really brainy? Who wants Eggheads. to be a millionaire? No, mastermind. Mastermind. My uh, my thing's gonna be Hollyoaks because <laughs> I just know too much about it. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is. But um, yeah, no. Um, I mean, what what were people thinking? Um, going into this show because personally, I knew it was gonna be some sort of police drama because one, it's the BBC. And two, my parents um, have watched it before and they watch all that kind of shit. So I kind of knew I was either going to love it or hate it because for me, usually police dramas kind of do that. I either really like them or they're really naff. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know much about the show at all. Mm -hmm. um, I just heard good things about it. And I do really like, like murder mystery sort of shows. I do feel some of the... BBC police shows can be quite hit or miss. So I was trying to go in as open-minded as possible. It honestly reminds me of, um, is it uh, Line of Duty, where everything is just fucking chaos all the time. Yeah, they love their, they love their <laughs> cop <laughs> shows, don't like, they? They love their cop shows on the BBC. They do. The BBC have nothing but fucking Almost cop shows. Like, yeah, I do agree. It's very hit <laughs> They are very hit or miss. But like... Mm. It, why do you keep making these shows? These are these cop shows, BBC cop shows. I understand there's like a wide appeal for them, but I almost feel as if you know how, how many how many how many times can you do the same thing over and over again, right? Apparently, a lot. That being said, like a lot. <laughs> the Fall season one was fucking brilliant. 
It yeah. is. It is sick. Do you know what? I feel like this is the first show that we've watched on this podcast. This is like the first good I've show gone, we've done. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I've liked every show we've done so far, mm. but this is easily the best. Yeah. yeah, I actually wanted to carry on watching it, but because we had to record this, I wasn't allowed. Yeah, you can watch the rest tonight. Yeah. Just go straight on with it. Yeah. Um, actually, finished it. Uh, as we're speaking, like like an hour ago. Um, yeah, I. And then I, I finished it, and <laughs> oh fuck me, that last episode left me with so much like internal upset that I, I was like, yeah. "How the fuck am I going to do this podcast? I have to do it in like half an hour. I don't." <laughs> it, it was so upsetting. This is such a bleak show, and we we talked uh, in the last episode a lot about. Uh, movies that depicted the um, just women being brutalised and tortured and harmed. I fucking hate that kind of shit when it's done b- bad, you know, when it's when you don't have the right approach to it. But uh, I'm honestly feeling like emotionally drained because I've just consumed all, all this media in the past few weeks that's about this exact thing. I want something else, man. I want to watch like I don't know, Paw Patrol or some shit. At least that's going to yeah. be like, it's not going to make me feel horrible, but I do appreciate uh, art and shows uh, and films that can make me feel just horrible deep down. Um, if it's done correctly, and this is, it's done very well. I think um, there's a lot of care and attention to it because it never feels, it never feels disingenuous and it never feels like, like they're talking down to you or it never feels like misogynistic or like they're using no. uh, the brutalization of women as like uh, as like a way to draw people in you know and that's all that it is mm. it, yeah it always feels purposeful I think yeah it, it, it helps that you've got um, oh no I've forgotten her name the one played by Gillian Anderson yeah I can't remember her name oh no well, yeah. it helps that she exists. I feel like she's the the greatest like protagonist ever. She's just such a bitch, but she's like a power bitch. I love her, Stella. Stella, what a power bitch! I love her. She can stay. She's the kind of person that I kind of wish that I could be. <laughs> yeah, she has like a really good um, introduction in like the first couple episodes where mm. she comes in from like London I think it is or something to help solve this case and like instantly while strolling around sees like a police officer that she has a crush on and she like instantly invites him back to her room oh Mm. I love it she's just she's incredible yeah I really like uh, Gillian Anderson as an actor I think she's fantastic yeah really good in this as well Um, I agree she's very yeah it's like a power bitch. I love, I love the um, just the way she interacts with everyone. But I feel like almost, I don't know, because it's a really good performance. It's really great. But I almost feel like I wanted a bit more on the side of like vulnerability from her because like, how am I supposed to like really relate to a character that's only super strong and capable of everything? She very rarely slips up. It's about the. Uh, I mean, it might cut. Yeah, but it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen in this first season. No, no, not um, not, not that's at this what point. I'm reviewing, <laughs> you know. Um that's what I'm judging this on. 
so at the moment, I feel I really like her character. I really like. I think there's a dynamic that's being built up between her character and Jamie Dornan that's going to be explored in later seasons. I'm really excited to see that. But at, at the moment, they are kind of on their own sort of journeys, and the paths do collide. But we don't see them really interact all that much. Um, and again, she's fantastic. But I almost want something to tell me that she's actually a human being and not just like this machine who can do police work really bloody well because she can. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, she kind of she's very cold and hard and it almost you want to know almost feels like she's intentionally built herself up to be like that so it'll be interesting to see if like later on in the show they see you like you see it kind of be broke down a little bit more yeah you see that a lot true. under I like mean... the surface i feel like she gives a very authentic performance in the fact that she holds a lot back mm. and there's a lot more to this character that's going to be explored it's yeah. weird because you almost see more emotion from um <laughs> Jamie Dornan's character, which is just like the weirdest thing to say. Yeah, but <laughs> plays um, Paul Spector, the mm-hmm. serial killer of the show, slash bereavement counselor, which is very bizarre indeed. Slash um, daddy. Slash yes, that he be. Yeah, and um, I don't. I I really liked his character a lot, um, and I liked. I like that he doesn't give much away again in the same vein as Julian Anderson, but he doesn't have like this inner monologue going through his head. We don't hear anything that he's thinking. Um, so it adds this layer of mystery as to why he's doing what he's doing. And on some level, yeah, yeah you understand why he's killing these women. It's for, you know, gratification. It's he's a sick individual. He's, he's awful. He's the absolute worst. But I, I, uh, I like that there might be something different to him there might be something more going on inside his head and he does yeah yeah <laughs> like some points where he's like writing in a diary and what he's writing is i feel pretty stupid pretty silly stuff that he's right he's got like this diary with like pictures of the women he kills and he poses in different ways which is just horrible to see and very sickening but also like he's writing just a bunch of stuff and this this diary that I don't care about at all. He's like, yeah, was it in episode just... three. So he's like writing that in like crayon. He's like got a crayon. <laughs> and he's like, oh, is it the murder? Is it the murder or the shadow of the murder that causes the greatest pleasure, the greatest pain? Oh, oh this guy thinks he's so deep writing in his little diary with <laughs> yeah, a crayon. Yeah, he's a bit pretentious, yeah, isn't he? You're like, come on. Yeah, I think what um makes him so interesting is that the character seems so conflicted almost like i think of like another serial killer in show like dexter where that's a character who like being a serial killer is his entire identity and everything else is like a front everything else is it's not who he really is he's just putting it on to kind of hide himself whereas in this show the character you kind of are never really sure whether it is a front or whether he genuinely does love um, his wife and his children and like does care about his job. And I think that's kind of what makes him so fascinating that you're not really sure where he actually like properly lies. You're not sure whether he is like faking 
half of his life to, as to just like hide who he really is. I don't know. Can, can't you be both? I mean, he obviously yeah, loves. He obviously loves his kids, if not his wife. I feel like maybe it is possible to actually um, have these like actual real life human connections and still want to kill people. That's like a thing no they go into about that really, do they? in the show. Is like, it's yeah. like yeah. talk about how, how we think of these people as having no emotion and being very cold, but that they pose that maybe he has like the opposite of that. Like maybe he's he's like he's too emotional. Maybe and this is how he gets his kicks, and that's how he's able to feel something. Yeah, that's something I think is really fascinating because I've never seen like a show like this do that before. Yeah, it's always yeah. like. If it's a character who has like a family, it's always like, like I said with Dexter, where it is just the front. Also, where it is kind of like a mystery type show, like going for that kind of thing, even though it's not a mystery in and of itself, because we're following his perspective. I don't feel like I get a lot uh, of of those uh, type of shows nowadays that kind of follow the killer in in such a way as to. Like you're in on it as well, and when he almost gets caught, you're almost—I don't know about you guys, but I—I I, I always wanted him to get caught. But at the same time, I was thinking, like, because we're on this journey with him and we're empathizing with him, maybe not empathizing with him, but like, you—you you see what he's doing, and when you follow a character, I feel like that that you build up a bias in favor of them, even though he's yeah, he's awful. You know- <laughs> I kind of didn't yeah. want him to get caught. Yeah, it's true. I actually kind of agree. Like, it's really weird saying it because obviously I know that you're not really meant to like a, a villain or a serial killer, but there's just something so likable about his character that I just I don't know. Like, I'm just like, okay, yeah. and like, I don't really want him to get caught because it, because then it kind of it kind of ends the story as well. Like, I just kind of want to keep it going for a bit longer, see where it goes. But like, I think. The way it kind of almost like um, it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome sort of thing, where you spend so much time with this character that you start to like enjoy like seeing him and don't want him to get caught. I feel like that just says a lot about how powerful the show is. Oh wow! How like it really gets into your head. He just gave me Mew syndrome. Yeah. How rude! <laughs> I, I, I kind of knew that he wasn't going to get caught at the end, though, but. No, well, yeah, like, there's three seasons. I mean, yeah, it's three seasons, <laughs> and he's like one of the central guys. But I was interested to see how they would end this season without him being caught, but still have like some sort of change. And they handled it right. really well. Yeah, and imagine, right, if you're watching that show back in 2013 and you watched that last episode and you had to wait for the next season, I'd be pissed. It's a really good cliffhanger. It is. It's amazing. It's all like I. I feel like sometimes you just you get a cliffhanger in a show, or you get a cliffhanger in a movie, and it's like almost blue balling you because there's nothing that's been like set up really. But everything follows such a an interesting progression here. You never feel like you're you're being taken for a for a ride in in that sort of way. You never feel like that they're just going. Oh, and here's a cliffhanger, and wait until season two. Now you have to watch season two. It's all very purposely. Uh, purposefully built up yeah it feels very natural it doesn't feel forced at all which i really appreciate i mean we're just gonna have to carry on didn't we yeah i can think of loads of shows to do similar things where they'll end on a cliffhanger to force you to watch the next episode or something and it just doesn't 
feel earned, whereas I feel like in this show it really does <laughs> I feel love earned. That. It doesn't feel earned. Yeah, you like don't I think about Walking Dead where like half the episodes are just nothing happening and then it ends on a huge cliffhanger to get you to watch the next episode. And it just feels so cheap. I watched like one episode of that show and I just I didn't understand the hype at all. Like I just didn't get it. No, it sucks. But like <laughs> this show I think it, it really does earn that that cliffhanger it really does do a great job of hooking that, you in that's a true mark of a bbc show the amount of times that i have gone downstairs when living with my parents and all of them are watching line of duty in the next room and they're going oh my god how dare they do that it's the next episode and literally it's just uh, fucking chaos bbc like, are really good at doing shit like that <laughs> they have their formula i suppose um they, they do know what's, people, what's going to get people watching um these shows are very popular you know otherwise they wouldn't make them um mm. i feel like it was kind of relating this to like broad church or luther shows that i think are very good um although that being said i didn't really carry on with broad church after the first season um so maybe that wasn't that maybe that fell off but i'm not entirely sure um but the end of this show end of this season and in um episode there's only five episodes the fifth episode. Yeah. Every time Quite something happened, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> holy shit. It's so, it got so many holy shit moments in it. We're like, th- there's like a, the climax where like he has to turn himself in, sort of, because like he's been shown on CCTV. So like he has to go in and basically talk himself out of it. It's like, yeah, it wasn't me, um, but I'm just, bi- I'm here so that I can give the police a reason to leave me out of it. That's all that. so like, tent. How is he going to get out of this, yeah. I thought to myself, and of course he does. <laughs> I thought to myself? <laughs> like, there was only one part of the whole show that made me go, oh my God. And I was literally going at Chris like, oh my God, oh my God. It was just, um, you know, the bit on the phone where they're having that phone call, and yeah. she, she's just all like, I know your name is Paul, and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The, the part There's that really mo- made me like go, fuck, was when he has to go home to his wife and admit something horrible. I'm like, you, you have to either... T- she has lied to the police for you to place you somewhere you were not. And now you have to tell her why you lied to her. No, why, why, you, why you got her to lie to the police. And that is just the most crazy thing ever where he doesn't actually reveal that he's the killer he has to fabricate a lie that he slept with a 15 year old and it is horrible imagine that he's like I would rather be known as a paedophile than as a serial killer (laughs) I'll just go home and be like yeah I killed six people there's no (laughs) no 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 you can't do that because I thought I, th- I thought to myself, you know, you, that's, <laughs> I mean, out of the two li- out of the two uh, uh, th- uh, things, that what's what's worse, <laughs> saying that you've slept with a fifteen-year-old or you've killed a bunch of women? I feel I, like I, I, the lesser of two evils is that you slept with a fifteen-year-old because even even I, like I, killing a bunch of women, it's 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 horrible, and he do- it's the reason he does it because it's for sexual gratification. It's all. It's all about that in a way. It's all about sex and sexual gratification in I think in his mind. 
I mean, there's obviously more freak. stuff going on within his m- mind, I think. I don't think it's all about sex, but I think that plays into it a lot. I, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I think I'm just so desensitized to the whole idea of like people just murdering people really? that I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you, you'd be better off in jail murdering people than you would be being a paedophile. I don't know. This is all I'm going to say on it, but I'm not. I'm not agreeing with either or, to be honest. But it's just I've gotten to the point where I'm just so I'm just so desensitized to it. Or I'm just like, yeah, people kill people. I think, th- th- yeah, I I feel like we are desensitized as a uh, people to these kinds of things. Now we do see a lot of you know the old ultra violence on the screens nowadays. It's kind of hard to get like a genuine reaction out of people when you kill someone but i think the 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 kills in in this season were handled so well that every time it happened i was like oh f- fuck I, I did not want it to happen like that last one where he's like he's in the house yeah. with the woman and and the guy was like don't do this like i cannot wa- i almost couldn't watch it it was handled so well it was so tense and just the thought of like uh, this man killing another woman, it, it it got to me on such a visceral level. I yeah. did not want to watch it. When you were talking about um, tense bits in the show, that was instantly what I was thinking about. Because obviously you've got the the guy who's downstairs that he then has to kill, and who like comes back because he didn't like properly finish him off. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just it's really sad, isn't it? Like, obviously, you like it makes a mark of a good human being if we don't want these things to happen. Obviously, because <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes I just feel like it's a bit like uh, I know he has to go and kill people. That's like the whole premise of the thing. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, you know, could you hold off a couple of episodes before you start trying to wrangle people again? But he doesn't kill someone each you, episode, right? I think he kills like three people throughout the whole yeah. season. Is and even in the oh, the, the it's, episodes it, oh, where that's like, it. It just stops there. It's never like I feel like it's oh, this episode is building up to a kill. It's not because it's it's all very purposeful. He kills like three people, and I, I feel like got to me most on like the third go round. Even though I felt like it was going to happen, and he hadn't really changed his mind, I still was horrified. When it did happen, and especially because this is, this is a, like a serial killer who's trying to be very neat about it, he's like washing their bodies and like oh, positioning them in such a way, washing the 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 beds and the the bedcloths, and then yeah, he, you know he's he's not getting any like trace of his own DNA on anything. He's very oh meticulous gosh. about it. And when this shit kicks off in the third kill, he has to kill this guy, and the first thing he does is like <laughs> bells him around the mouth. And it just blood sprays everywhere. I'm like, you fucked up. You 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 have fucked up now. Because it's such a messy stuck, scene. Yeah. It's so messy and like, oh, grimy, I feel. Because it's not like, it's lit really well. We're like, it's very, it's quite dark and claustrophobic and in these like tight spaces. It's really well done. Yeah, and it's like really creepy when you see him like stalking the girls before killing them. And like mm-hmm. every time he's just like, in a park or something with his daughter intentionally taking her like places where this these women are gonna be. Do you know what yeah, I think that was one of the most unsettling parts for me was just that I don't know, I almost felt like this daughter was like a weird accessory 
Like, because yeah. he can be, get away with it by being like, oh, I was just at the park with my daughter. Why would I do anything bad? I have a daughter. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of creepy. It's just kind of yeah. icky. I saw, a, I saw a naked lady in the ceiling. I was like, in the roof. In the roof. There's a naked lady in the <laughs> ceiling. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that was that horrifying. Was no, I was just the thing. What was the worst part? I felt like was um because obviously um she's got like night terrors or whatever. The uh, the mum's just like, oh no, you didn't see that. It's fine. It's okay. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, no, believe her. Go and check your ceiling. <laughs> I don't know. I just I felt bad for her. I just wanted to root for her. To be honest, what was that then? What 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 was the naked woman in the ceiling? Because I. I don't know if I like explicitly say it. I feel like it was like she found his diary where he's like cut out yeah. a bunch of uh, pictures of his victims. I feel like she found yeah, that. Yeah, I think that is it. But like, cause it's, it's quite, these things are horrifying to children, you know, when, when like they find something they can't quite comprehend and they make up like a nightmare for themselves because of it. It's like so much scarier to a child. I empathize with that a lot. I, think I felt very bad for the, for the kid. And he has like two kids, yeah. but it always hones in on the daughter. I don't think the son says a single word about the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think there was. Mu- I don't think there's much point in having the son in the show, yeah. unless th- unless at some point it he becomes more apparent. Perhaps I, I would like to see. I that. I don't know. Yeah, but f- I mean, for what it's worth, I thought the uh, the actor who played his daughter was really good. Really, yeah, she was really, really good. good. Um, I felt just so bad for her the entire time. When he leaves her outside to go into this decrepit, abandoned house to see, and he's just like hanging there. He's just like hanging on the rafters as she's screaming for him to come outside. I was like, "You fucking asshole! You absolute, ter- you're terrible! You're the, you're just the worst!" Oh, it's so unsettling. Yeah, it was really horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just really, I uh. Some of the scenes I just flick back on, I'm just like, oh, they're just really gross. Yeah. There's like one, I think in episode two, there's, it like starts off with um, Gillian Anderson and that guy having sex in her um, hotel room. And then it's also, it's like cut between that and a scene of uh, Jamie Dornan's character killing a woman. And it's like, what am I supposed to feel like sad or horny? Yeah, and there's like yeah, he's like both. he's just he's <laughs> like really killed eerie. her and he's bathing her body, yeah, and like cleaning her up and like setting her up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, it's so eerie. really great editing. I love it. Yeah, it's Ooh. just like this really conflicting emotional tone. This is clearly what it's going for. I'm not supposed to like sit there and go, "This is great." I'm supposed to feel like we- I'm supposed, yeah, supposed to be supposed horrible. To feel, I'm supposed yeah, to feel within bad. myself as though I'm like. Fucking just dreadful. I feel. Yeah, you feel unclean, don't you? You feel kind of dirty. Which is strange because he is, you know, (laughs) cleaning the the corpse of the woman. But it does. It's very. It is very dirty. I think. Just. It's yeah. It it makes you feel very gross. Oh. Oh, and the first episode actually really. This is when I knew that we were onto something like really interesting. Was the use of the camera in an aerial shot just going through the house with with the with yeah. the family I was like it's just go- it's like it was like uh enter the void light where it was going through all these rooms on like an aerial shot just uh showing the the family it was really good 
really interesting. Yeah, it was really good. I don't remember that, but it's okay. I I don't I don't take much in to be honest. Um, if there's something I don't really like about the show, it's the um, there's kind of like this almost like gang sort of like um corrupt police officer like drug dealer sort of subplot mm-hmm. which they keep cutting to and it doesn't really seem to have any purpose in the show at all it like it i don't really understand why it's there because it doesn't really add a lot to the show see i'm saying it now because i haven't seen it yet so i might be like eating my own words soon but the BBC will find a way to get them two storylines interlinked somehow. I don't know how, but they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I know, <laughs> don't know that. How. I imagine it's going to be developed more in the mm. later seasons. But like, just judging it on this season alone, mm. I don't think the story really had any reason to be there. It yeah, didn't really I don't, go anywhere. I, didn't really add a lot to it. Just kind of kept bringing the story to a halt in my opinion i do kind of agree i don't really know why it's there i mean obviously we're going to find out why it's there but it didn't really need to be did it i felt like the storyline on its own is good enough yeah (laughs) to be honest yeah i I felt that as well i was like why do we keep cutting back to this separate case where you know it is slightly connected to the case of um trying to find jamie dornan because it's about like the the ex-husband of one of the girls who was murdered but that's like all that there is and i don't really i was just inherently less invested in that story when they cut back to it but i didn't really know why it was relevant to the main plot at all and perhaps they will develop it uh, in later seasons but right now no not for me and it's just it's especially weird because it's like it cuts to it so like irregularly Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a important plot that they cut to like every ten fifteen minutes. There's like a few episodes, like a couple episodes where they don't bring it up at all, and then suddenly they'll just cut to it, and they'll like bring in these characters, and you're just like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> and then you remember that they were like in like episode two. Yeah. I was actually thinking that a little bit, and I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I also thought that slightly with um th- th- this mother who's like just given birth to a baby they cut back to a lot with like her baby is dying and it's um the hospital at the hospital where uh uh was it paul's wife works well like there's just always this woman here who's like looking at her dying baby in an incubator and i suppose there was like i suppose that links a bit more to what's going on in the main plot but at the same time i didn't really understand why they kept yeah, I'm confused. Yeah. For me, I thought it was maybe to develop that character like, of Paul's, oh, Paul's wife, wife a bit more. Yeah. We don't like, see to much show of the emotional way. toll that that job has on her. Yeah, I thought I thought you were going to say something like it was connected to another story that I just wasn't paying attention to. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's um, this is like real uh insistence on like Julian Anderson being like amazing and like super hot which I didn't really <laughs> care for there's like a scene in the fourth episode where like the the head of the police I forget his name he's the one with the beard he says he, he says to her like they're in the uh, the um 
the toilets in the, in the toilets and he's like yeah oh, do you have any idea of the effect you have on men i would have left my <laughs> wife and kids to be with you it's like really but sure she's very yeah, she's very beautiful really she's 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 very you know conventionally attractive i suppose like but like you'd leave everything for her like i don't Do you know, i so feel glad. like i almost they didn't develop that relationship enough they just said yeah we slept together that one time it's um <laughs> i'm very glad this got brought up yeah because i actually kind of felt that like i was obviously i know i said earlier that she's quite hot and i mean i'm not gonna lie she is but like but why is everyone so ready really. to ruin their lives for her? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah, like, not really, mate. It's not that deep. <laughs> she must fuck? be incredible in bed. <laughs> she must be. What the fuck? I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. Um, do we have much else? I I don't have anything to say yeah. other than I cannot wait to watch the next season. Yeah, I didn't write uh, many notes at all because I was like really into the show. Oh, I don't write notes. You know me better than that. Hello, you don't. <laughs> a couple of technical things, I suppose. I really like the use of music. I thought it was very, yeah, really just good use of ambient, low sounds. It's very unsettling. It's creating yeah. very much an atmospheric vibe. That's it, it does contribute to a lot of like what I was feeling, um, but not in a way that I felt that the general tone of the show was going for anyway. So I just felt it kind of propped everything up. Uh, when it was used, and it's not used like all that much, to be honest. Um, but when it is, it, you feel it. Yeah, it's very subtle. I think. Mm. Um, I know this is set in like Ireland, but like everyone is white. Everyone is white in this show. Yeah, that's that's Ireland for you. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, come on. <laughs> I'm not usually I mean, to one fair, to say like, oh. I, Really, but like this is like it's so painfully obvious, especially when they're like they're all sitting in like boardrooms and like it's just like a sea of white faces. Uh, Yeah, I've got to admit, it's it's a little bit jarring, isn't it? When you kind of you notice it, it's Mm. rare, it's really obvious. Is that is that the right thing to say? It's very obvious, it's a bit overt with it. Yeah, (laughs) I think we could probably go to ratings, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What should we rate it out of? Oh uh, fuck! Uh, it's like such anything a, not bleak. Such a horrible, would be good. Like, bleak show. I don't even know. <laughs> um, How about uh, women in the ceiling? Sure. sure. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, this is a really good show. I really loved the first season. I think it's shows a lot of potential. I'm interested to see where it goes. It's a very short show in total. There's only like 17 episodes, so definitely think in the next couple of weeks we'll have finished the other two seasons. Um, I think I'd give it like eight women in the um, ceiling out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's like quite a high eight, kind of bordering on an eight and a nine for me, but I feel like my opinion, my rating would probably go up by the end of the show. Yeah, um, assuming the rest of it's good. <laughs> assuming, I was going into it thinking like, oh, another BBC show about cops, and they got to solve some shit. Um, that is what it is, but it's the execution is very well done, um, and I would recommend it. I think people really like these kinds of shows, so I guess it's it's kind of for everyone, but not if you're, I, I guess, sensitive to these kinds of topics and themes, or if you're below the age of 18 because it is an 18 
uh, for very good reason. Just, I think the BBC are like that. Like, what's like the most horrible shit we can show while still being able to show it? I really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and I'll, I'll, this is like the first show that we've reviewed that I'll actually carry on watching because it's just yeah, it's, no, it's, it's so not. I think yeah, that's all I have to say about it. I th- I, th- I do like the the whole like commentary on like there's a scene in uh, the fourth episode where they're at like the crime scene and uh, someone says to Gillian Anderson, no, she says uh, to her friend, "What will you what will you tell your daughters? You know, to stop what's happened here to, to happening to them." And then she, uh, her friend just replies, "I don't know. Don't don't talk to strange men or any man." Oh yeah, oh, you, you literally take your life in your hands as as a woman simply by just talking to men. That's a terrifying feeling that I I don't have. I I don't I can't relate it on such a level because I am a man and I don't have those kinds of feelings when I'm like going out on on, on like the streets. But I it's it's such a horrible thing. I think and. I think we talked a lot more about this in the previous episode. I don't really want to get into it because I'm just I'm reviewing this <laughs> this show and we don't have the time. Um, I will give the full season one an eight. Women in the ceiling at a ten as well. Oh yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> I've just seen on Wikipedia that they have a French remake of this show. Yeah, I read about that earlier. It sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure about it, but um, it could be it could be good. Um, well, I think for the most part, what I really wanted to get out there was that um, these uh, actors and actresses from Hollyoaks are very, very good, and I feel like good on them because I know a lot of the time, like people just go to soaps and then they end up just jumping from one soap to another. But I appreciate that. Um, I know, I just, I just think they're really good. And actually, my favourite person in Hollyoaks was in this show, so that is a big plus for me. Anyway, um, I kind of did put this show off a little bit because I knew that it was going to be a BBC cop show and, like, for me, it's kind of hit or miss. I was like, mm, I'm either going to love it or I'm going to fucking hate it. But, um, no, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, to be honest, I, I don't, really have a, don't really have a problem with it, so I think I might actually just rate this a 10 is it women in the ceiling? We'll just say woman, yeah. woman, women, 10 women. They're up there. The women are out there. <laughs> what the fuck? They're up <laughs> they there. They are up there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. I'm glad we got to review it like an actual good season of television. Finally, a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bloody good one. Yeah. Are we ready to find out what the next show we are blessed is? Oh yes. my God. I forgot. We haven't spun the wheel in ages. We spin spin the wheel. Two wheels. So wheel. we've got another season of television to watch for a new show. It's going to feature on uh, episode uh, 65 of the Sunday yes. Marathon. Right. Are so you what ready? What are we going to watch next? Are you ready? Come on. What are we watching? I always get really nervous. Same, because it might be shit. Um, the show Oz has come up. It's a HBO p- prison drama. Okay. Okay. I've heard it's good. I've never heard never of it. Never watched it. I've heard good things there. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like Wizard of it's Oz. It's on Now TV, I believe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. We'll watch that then. 
season. What's the film one? One of Oz. Patience. So now, uh, yeah, have patience. Um, yeah, patience, please. So next episode, uh, we've got an. We we're, we're going to watch some more movies, but what movies are we going to watch? We'll spin the wheel. Bloody hell! Look at that wheel. Out. So thin. <laughs> it's horrid. Uh, Max is instantly going to veto this. Oh, Steven Spielberg movies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got to do it at some point, don't we? Um, do, sorry, hold on. I know we've spoken about him before, so I'm just going to look up some films. I mean, hmm. I'm trying to think. Do we have a lot of time next week? Um, it's going to really. have to be an evening marathon. Again. Oh, for fuck's sake! Mm. So not really. No. Okay, we'll do something else then. Yeah. Because I already, I already knew what I was going to pick for a Steven Spielberg. We're going to have to start taking long and marathons we, off of yeah, it because it's just like working. Really long, then we'll we'll save it for a different time. God. Um, sci-fi movies. <sighs> yeah, sure. I'm fine. Darcy with that. doesn't sound impressed. <laughs> I fucking hate sci-fi, so this should be fun. <laughs> well, you can pick one that you like. I I don't like any of them. That is the whole point sure of not liking sci-fi. <laughs> awesome. We'll do sci-fi. Just watch Blade then. Runner again. We're gonna watch. Yeah. Actually, what do you mean? <laughs> I fucking love Blade Runner. Yeah, you can't watch it because we've already reviewed it. Um, no, it's too long. <laughs> I can't do it. That's that then. Uh, episode fifty-six will be three sci-fi movies. We'll uh, yeah, we'll see what what they are when that comes out. Thank you very much for listening. We do have our social media accounts. We got YouTube, the Sunday Movie Marathon, Twitter, at Sunday Movie Pod, Facebook, at Sunday Movie Marathon, and Letterboxd, at Sunday MM, capital S, capital MM. Thank you very much for listening to episode 55. It's been, it's been, it's been an episode. I... Why is it every time we're like, oh, the TV ones aren't going to be that long. They just end up being as fucking long. What is that all about? This has been the longest TV episode by like half an hour. Mm -hmm. We just chat shit. That's all it is. But this show's been good, so I feel like it's worthy of the chat There's more to talk about. I didn't even finish the last show we did, the Dave Chappelle one. I didn't even finish that. Oh, yeah. You you had like half the show left. Okay, lovely. Uh, See you next time. Bye. Bazinga. Ka-chow. Scooby-dooby-doo. I'm not going to lie, I thought you had already finished. That's why when you said that, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) What?